Hello, everybody, and welcome to another instalment of the ATP Challenger Tour podcast. I'm here, Andy Watson, along with my good friend Damien Cust, and we're here to talk about two events that have happened this week on the ATP Challenger Tour. And we're going to start in Gran Canaria, Damien. Um, we're going to start with Enzo Quaco, who we just spent the last five minutes trying to work out how to pronounce the name and indeed how to spell it as well. That's a name that does not need any more vowels, Damien, does it? Really? Oh, but we, you know, we, I actually, uh, you know, I never got it right. But last time when I when I tried, I, you know, I just, you know, went for it, and it turned out that I actually know how to spell it already. So it's it's pretty good. And right now yeah. that we that we've listened to to the recording of him saying that, I think we we should be we should be good with Kuako. Kuako, I think that's good. I actually like it. It's a good name, and he also produced some excellent tennis this week. He's he's obviously won the the challenger in Gran Canaria with a very hard fought final against Steven Diaz. Damien, how did you find the final? Yeah, I mean, it was just as hard fought as, as the whole week for him, pretty much. Uh, you know, you asked about the final, but I will just say a, a word about his first round match where he was pretty much losing to, to Carlos Taberner in the in the first set. He was down a break and then Taberner rolled his ankle and actually couldn't continue. So that was obviously a pretty lucky break for him and then then also saving too much points in the quarterfinals in general the the whole week at, at Gran Canaria was it was just you know there wasn't a clear favorite after after Lorenzo Musetti had uh, was eliminated so the the final just lasted like two and a half hours and you know you usually expect three sets in in, in that length but that was that was actually just two uh, this time it was it was his opponent that actually almost produced a great fight back. Uh, Kuako led led five three in the in the second, and then Diaz saved two, like two match points or maybe no two, and got it into another tiebreak. Actually, in the in the first set, Kuako saved like four at six five. Uh, Diaz had a had a medical timeout at at six five up in the first. Um, you know, on the on Challenger streaming, it's pretty hard to tell w- what was it uh, when you you know when you have just one one camera behind the court, especially as he, as he was behind the empire, not uh, not uh, not on our side. But then Diaz actually got to four set set points, including three in a row. But Quaco did really well to to save all that. I was very surprised by the quality of his serve. I mean, twelve aces. You know, on paper it sounds great. Maybe it's not that impressive when you count in the the two hour and and thirty five minute time that the that the match took. But actually, if it's still really great for his standards and massively helped him here, the the amount of free points that he was able to get with it was you know definitely in such a tight match. It's it's a it's of massive help against an opponent who also has to play everything out from the from the baseline pretty much and he's as as the match uh you know when when went on he his defense got a lot better uh, in, in the first few games i was actually expecting DAS to kind of dominate it his his forehand was really unmatched by anything that Kuako had but as the match were on the the, the rallies got, got got longer and it was definitely the, the frenchman who was Better at this surviving all these all these grueling battles. Just looking back at Quacko's season, he, 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 this is the um, he hasn't lost a match, a completed match since the Australian Open qualification. Now he only um, 
played two rounds of Quimper before um, retiring against Corda. But he seems to be on quite a roll, obviously very fortunate in that first round, like you say. But um, is this a, a talent that we can expect to see more of? I know he's, he's in his mid-20s now, so it'd be a bit strange to see someone breaking through at that age. But it's pretty much exactly the age that Aslan Karatsev um, broke through at. So where, where are we at with Guaco? I mean, he's been there for a while now. Uh, his first challenger title, actually, no, that, that's just his second this week. But it was three years ago in in Cassis. And honestly, I I am not super excited for now. Like I think he's been a very solid competitor on the on the on this circuit. But I think it's kind of more you know taking taking the opportunity that he that he had this week. Not not as much as you know. You know, someone like who will dominate the tour, like Karatsev. But you know, there, there's still one more week of of Gran Canaria coming. Uh, hopefully, he can make another great result there. Yeah, I guess it's just taking his turn in a way. Um, the way that Challenger Tour works out is you get a lot of different champions um, over the course of the year, and obviously this one was was Enzo's turn. Um, is there anybody else in Gran Canaria that you wanted to talk about other than other than Enzo and? Yes. Uh, well, we 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 talked last week about you know Lorenzo Mosetti and how he was definitely the favorite to win this one, but we also talked about his scheduling, which you know kind of raised some questions. We can't really be sure if, if we'll never know if if that was you know in some way what happened this week. But he was pretty lousy from the from the start he you know as a reminder he he was the runner-up at Biela last week which was indoors and then his first match here against the Spanish qualifier was, was Alex Marti Pujolras was was very weak then then also against Alex Molzan you know he he had some injury issues like once again tough to tough to say what exactly that was but but uh, he lost into tie breaks, also having some medical timeouts. So you know, just a, a very poor week from him. And he, but apparently it's it, it's a more serious issue because he pulled out of the of the second week in, in Gran Canaria. So you know, we'll never know if it's if that's the scheduling. But after Musetti was eliminated, the the tournament got really open. We you know last week we we gave a brief mention to to the German wildcard that we were supposed to see there. And then we we're surprised to see that to see there uh, Marco and Endler, and we were actually kind of right. It turns out to be surprised because he only got one game of of Molson. Yeah, absolutely. That one kind of came from nowhere. Um, didn't cover himself in glory. I don't know that he'll be getting that many more wild cards unless you know. Somewhere. I don't know how he got his first one. So maybe the same way he got that one. Um, just on Mustetti, I just looking. Um, I didn't say, see the match against Maltzan myself, but just looking back over it, and maybe you can shed more light on this. He seems like he served for the uh, first set and the second set um, and failed to serve both of those out. Indeed, he had um, set points on in the second set as well. So um, was it just that he couldn't just, was it just one of those things where he couldn't find the right shots at the right time? Or is that more of an issue do we, we see from him from time to time? You know, we don't really have that much of that big of a sample size with him since, you know, since he hasn't been here this this long. But I, I wouldn't really look that, read that much into it. I mean, 
all four sets he played in Gran Canaria were definitely not at the level that he that he he's used uh, that we're used to seeing from him. So probably I would just you know wait until he until he heals that whatever the the injury issue is and then and then we can we can maybe look for for, for any trends or something. This week he just really wasn't himself. Mm. All right. Well, that was uh, Gran Canaria. Then there was also an event in Kazakhstan, which I saw a little bit more of than, than Gran Canaria. It's just my kind of time frame up early with the kids, so I got quite uh, saw quite a bit of Kazakhstan this week. And um, one of the bigger names, I suppose, made, made a run all the way to the final, Damien, in this one, and won it, of course. Yeah, uh, we we talked about him last week. Uh, we talked about him making the the forefront at the Australian Open very recently. Mackenzie McDonald, uh, obviously a great talent. Uh, two years ago, he was the 57th player in the in the ATP rankings for a, for a short while. Uh, then some injury issues happened, actually hamstring, I think. But but he's slowly coming back. And as much as the as the as the comeback was slow. Then the last three three weeks or so, that the last month has been absolutely fantastic for him. Uh, first, the the forefront at the Australian Open, which was, you know, no one really predicted that in any way he defeated guys like Lloyd Harris or Borna Cioric. And then he came here. Uh, you know, we talked about him mostly because the of the brutal first round draw against Mikhail Kukushkin. That was like, you know. Uh, possibly one of the, the highest quality matches of the tournament and McDonald won that and outside of a, a one struggle in the quarterfinals against uh, Federico Ferreira Silva he pretty much steamrolled everyone so also kudos to the Portuguese for for actually making McDonald work for the victory because the, the semis and the final were very quick uh, the final only took 56 minutes I think uh, it's great to see that kind of game working out you know he's not exactly a youngster anymore but still a still a young player who knows how to use the, use the net to to his advantage uh, a lot of really you know vintage old school tactics he he sometimes cheap and charges he he, he attacks uh, the opponent's second serve and goes to the net serve and volleys a bit just a lot of rhythm breaking and a lot of different tactics that try to keep the opponent guessing so it's definitely always a good watch and if he keeps that up then he'll be in the top 100 in back in the top 100 in no time yeah he's he's used the challenge at all really intelligently here um in being able to to win that tournament and whilst he's in is in that hundreds ranking then this is something that he's uh going to have to take advantage of when when he can and get back onto the atp tour sooner rather than later and i'm sure that's what his aim is and um, by the middle of the year we said about obviously that that match being uh, against kukushkin being very tricky we also said down the bottom that Evgeny donskoy would have his hands full with Tom, thomas macaque and that's how that worked out as well so the first two seeds went out um straight away but um, Yuri Rodionov was a problem for Makak in the um, quarterfinals, and he was the one who made it all the way to the final as well. So a couple of other interesting runs that were made this week, Damien. Yeah, Rodionov, uh, you know, he was just uh, he won just one match in in the four events he played this year so far. So definitely, I wasn't expecting a run like that from him. I I can't remember who he was supposed to play 
before before we, before he pulled out because he he played the the a lucky loser in the first round. I can't remember, but I remember it was some sort of a, a very tough first round. But actually, it's you know getting it a little bit easier against Nadelko and Ito. It seemed like really opened up for you know a new level, a new gear for him, and he really upped his game. You know the final, as I said, it was it was just 56 minutes. It was absurdly easy, honestly. But uh, it's great that that we can see Rodionov playing well again. It's actually a very huge contrast when you compare it to how he started there uh, in 2020. Obviously, you know the conditions were kind of different. He was playing in the states. Uh, he won, but he won two challengers in February last year: uh, Morelos and Dallas. Morelos is in Mexico, of course, but you know in North North America, let's say. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it looked like he was gonna make an impact on the on the main tour very shortly. Well, he kind of did. You know, the the second round at the at the French Open or or that win over Shapovalov in in Vienna. But you know, it's it's so it's it's absolutely great to see him back playing well. Hopefully, in 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 North Sultan too, he can also get on some kind of a run. I maybe I'm not gonna spoil it, but he has a very tough opening round Jovo, so we're gonna talk about it in a while. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna mention it there, but I'm glad you reminded me not to. Um so yeah, that's that was Nose Hotan. Um as I said last week, that's often a, a a tournament that most traders want to avoid trading, but um, it looked like it went off without any of uh, the controversies that we had to talk about last week. And, and I always am happy when that, that is the case. Uh, we'd like to let the tennis do the talking on the court, I think. Um, just whilst we've been recording this, Damien, there's been a result on the on the ATP tour that I just wanted to bring uh, mention into this podcast. Uh, it's unusual that we mention anything to, about the other tours, but um, Juan Manuel Sondolo has just won um, in ATP Cordoba, beating Galbot Ramos-Finalas in the final. And uh, we were just talking before we started recording that this is, I mean, we we, we would expect a, a player of the ranking of, of JM Serendolo to be in, quali- in qualifying for these challenger events at the moment, but he has won um, winning an ATP event. It's it's quite an unusual occurrence, really. Yeah, I mean, he, both Cerundolo brothers have been, you know, looking as potential prospects for a while now. Obviously, his uh, Francisco made how, how old? Uh, how much older is he? Like three years, I think. I think he's twenty-two. Uh, he's made, 19. yeah, he's made that much more of an impact on the Challenger Tour because he won three events uh, after the reset last year, while Juan Manuel, you know, just kind of was there, played a played a few good matches here or there. Uh, there's a very huge difference in playstyle between the two as well. Also, uh, Juan Manuel is left-handed while Francisco is a right-hander. Uh, anyhow, me and also you know, pretty much everyone I talked to was we, everyone was very convinced that uh, Juan Manuel cannot be ready for the main tour yet, simply because he doesn't have that much power, that much you know, substance in his game. It's it's mostly about staying consistent. And you know he's he's proven us all wrong this week. I mean, uh, I was re- I was expecting Francisco to 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 get on the run here, or maybe or maybe in the next event in in Buenos Aires. But but you know what what he's done this week is way better than than anything we've seen of him before. 
and definitely have definitely very exciting to for the not only for the Argentinians but also for you know for, for, for them to 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 keep following the, the the brothers over the next years because I'm I'm sure they're gonna be uh, on at least the challenger tour for years and as we've seen this week you know probably even higher uh, also both of them you know uh, I, i'm not sure if you mentioned that it was it was actually his main tour debut so that, you know to to win an event in to win an atp 250 event in your in your debut is is absolutely fantastic and they will also uh, i mean uh, he was supposed to play the qualies to to buenos aires uh, for next week but he he received special exempt because of because of his his heroics this week i'm not sure how much he's gonna have left in the tank after you know after what was it eight matches this week uh but but yeah he's he's drawn to play federico del bonis in the in the first round and his brother is also there but he he's playing the the last round of qualies tomorrow uh against agustin velotti i think so definitely if you you know you, if you're listening to that, you probably like the Challenger Tour, but I'm sure you also watch the, the main one. So keep an eye on them. That, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's not even much of a name on the Challenger Tour. Well, he's only played a couple of events, I think, and not done particularly well in those. So um, interesting to see that he can just turn up to an ATP event. And yeah, he had to qualify, fair enough. But then he, he's beaten Thiago Seboff wield uh, Kesmanovic, Thiago Montero, Federico Correa, and now uh, Albert Ramos Vinolas. So what a, what an amazing run from uh, a teenager. He's, he's only nineteen. So um, let's look forward to maybe seeing him on. We're talking about him on this podcast over this year and, and maybe even next year. <laughs> it depends how long we keep going, I guess, Damien. Um, let's move on then to um, next week's events. Um, fair, it's it's not going to be that exciting in a way because we're going back to the future um, in the fact that we're, we're not moving anywhere. The Challenger Tour is staying in Kazakhstan. It's staying in Gran Canaria as well. Um, we'll start in Spain um, with the draw there. Um, if I just get up the main draw, so the qualifying draw, we see that Carlos Alcaraz is making a return to the to the Challenger Tour. What 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 are your thoughts on the young Spaniard and, and his abilities and, and maybe looking forward to this week? I mean, I was definitely expecting him to, well, let's say dominate the, the challenger circuit this year, but definitely, you know, on clay. On but, you know, some people, some people that I talked to be, before the the start of the season, the who's actually saw Alcaraz play on on other surfaces, on hard, for example, they you know they said he was just as good, but I I, I didn't really believe them. But I think after after what he's done in in the Australian Open qualies and in Melbourne, then especially in that warm-up event but also 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 in that win over van der Sandschul, but at the at the grand at the grand slam uh i think you know it, it's obvious that this guy is the real deal that it's he's not gonna be just limited to to clay court events but i still think it's gonna it's probably going to be his best surface at least for now so i'm really excited to see him see him back there he you know he hasn't played on clay since 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 the last season, so it, it's going to be very interesting to see how much he's progressed since that, and you know how 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 he how his mentality is going to hold up now. Now that he's pretty much coming here, he was always a star in in Spanish challengers because everyone kind of expected him to to do well from a from a very young age. But you know the the expectations are are so much bigger now. I mean, 
know, most people are probably expecting him to just steamroll through the draw. It doesn't have to be this easy, but you know, when you, if we're if we're talking about favorites, he's definitely the the one that 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 we're expecting to to do well this week. Yeah, obviously last week's finalists are there, and there are other good players here. Um, um, we've got Federico Gal, who's a second seed down the the opposite end of the draw, but um, certainly I think all eyes will be on. Carlos Alcaraz this week as number one uh, seed and also he plays a qualifier first round so it could be uh, relatively easy. Obviously there's some very good players in qualifying as well but um, could be a nice easy way in for him and then um, let's just see how he gets on through the draw and I'm looking forward to seeing that this week. Um, let's move over to Nur Sultan because we've got Challenge uh, number two but there's a very different draw this, this time round to what there was last week. Yes, that's the, that's the that's because the challenger is of a higher category. This is a challenger one to five event, so the the highest there is, and that's why there are a lot more uh, a lot more big name players, uh, including three additional top one hundred uh, competitors. So Sunwook Won, whom we actually talked about last week a lot because he 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 won in Biela. And he's also done done really well this week in the main tour event at Singapore. Uh, we've got Emil Brusovuari, who I, I think he's done well in the in Nur Sultan before. I think he, he like two years ago he no that was Fergana in Uzbekistan I think. But anyhow, <laughs> sorry. Uh, he also had, uh, we also have James Duckworth. So you know the the draw got a lot better. For example, you know, Rodionov is not a seed anymore. And that's why what I what I mentioned before, he has to play Prynash Gunasvaran in the in the opening round, uh, whom he defeated in three sets in the semis uh, this week. So that's gonna be a, a big match of the right of the gate. Gunasvaran, that was his first run of the season, really. He'd really struggled to take off um earlier in the season. So it was good to see him get a, a decent run in there. And like you say, yeah, Mike Makush Kukushkin, who was uh, top seed last week, is third seed this week, but he, um, Federico Ferreira Silva is going to be another tough uh, draw for him. Pretty much every so, every seed is is in danger when you when you look at the draw. I mean, every, every seed has managed to land a very... I mean, outside of Duckworth, who's playing a qualifier, or maybe Donskoy, who's playing Offner, who's really out of form. But other than that, Rusevori is playing Troitsky, who's obviously, you know, way past his peak but he sometimes manages to to get to, to gather some of his previous magic back also taro daniel is playing martyr who's always dangerous indoors uh we've got uh, uh, henry laxonen who, who was also in the semis this week lost to lost to mcdonald he's playing thomas mahaj whom you, whom you mentioned before so uh you know McDonald is also in there. He can play Mahaj or Laksonen in the in the in the second round. So I think this is gonna going to be a very exciting event this week. Yeah, really looking forward to catching a bit more of uh, Kazakhstan this week. Um, I did actually watch qualify qualifying match today. Um, Ryan Penniston, who I mentioned last week, is uh, just dismantled um, one of the. Uh, Kazakh wild cards in qualifying and he's back in the, the final round of qualifying again it's very similar to last week it's all the seeds apart from uh, Alexandra Metrovelli who uh, retired from his game so we have got one um, Kazakh still in the qualifying draw there um, 
and now we've got something slightly different, haven't we, Damien? We've got another event, but maybe it takes a little bit more explaining than the other two. Yeah. Uh, St. Petersburg Challenger will be the first ATP Challenger 50 event. Well, the first, maybe not the first, because last year we got the one in Podchev's room, but it was actually stopped midway. Uh, almost all the second round matches were completed. One you, which you probably remember, the one, uh, the one between Jack Draper and Tobias Simon was where wasn't. Uh, I think they were deep in the third set. It, it's never gonna be completed, obviously. Right now, it, it wasn't completed because of the pandemic. The, that was the that was the week when events. Actually, by coincidence, it was actually Nur Sultan and and Potchefstroom that, that that were stopped. Uh, but anyhow, Saint Petersburg is gonna be the first completed one, hopefully. But hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hope, hopefully. Uh, so, what is the you know the Challenger Fifty uh, category? Um, Players who can participate are the ones ranked uh, 151 and below. So it's, you know, for a bit of the, the, the prize money is obviously lowered. The, there's just 50 points for, for the win. The, the, some higher right, ranked players can participate. If you're ranked between 51 and 100, then uh, the, 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 the event ha has a chance to offer you an ATP approved wildcard, but only if you're of the same nationality as the event. And there's just one spot like that. And if you're ranked between 101 and 250, then the, the tournament can offer you a wildcard, also just one spot without uh, any restriction of nationality. And actually this week, it seems like the tournament did, did not decide to use any of them. Actually, probably, you know, there wasn't a top, 100, top 150 player that that wanted to play since the, the prize money and the, and the points are so low because there, there are a lot of options both on the both on the main tour this week. There's, there's Rotterdam and then, uh, you know, I'm talking of options in Europe. And then there's also Gran Canaria and Nur Sultan maybe not in Europe, but you know, sort of close, uh, then, then no one probably wanted to, to play. But I'm sure in the, in the future, we're going to see some, some higher ranked players entering. But you know, as, a, as, a, as a basic rule, only players below 150 can, can play. But you know, it it's, might sound a bit unexciting, but looking at the draw, it's, I believe it might actually be one of the events that I will be watching the most this week. Why do you say that? There's just a lot of a lot of exciting storylines. Like for example, uh, Matthew Ebden, who went really uh, went really deep in in Singapore last week. Uh, he's back there playing. Just the the the, the indoor conditions uh, suit him well, as we, as we've seen in, in Singapore. So I'm kind of expecting a good run from him here. Uh, we've got Doug Healy coming back after an injury. He was. I think his last event was February last year, so that's over a year. Ducky Lee, if you if you're not familiar with him, he's uh, one of the very, I think the only one right now, definitely the the highest ranked ever deaf player to 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 compete on the on the ATP circuit. Uh, in the qualities, we also have Andrei Kuznetsov, so the the former world world number 45 i believe who who's coming back after a huge break that was like two and a half years i think uh and you know he's he for example he's beaten some query last year at the, at the us open so his level is you know definitely good enough to to compete here he was also the runner-up 
that had to be not not this week but the previous week uh, there was an itf event in saint petersburg and he was the runner-up there uh, he lost to Evgeny Turnev in the in the final, who's playing the the top seed in the in in here, uh, Roman Safiuddin in, in the first round. So you know a lot of players who who had a who enjoyed a lot of success in the in the previous weeks. Today actually it was it was definitely a, one of the you know most exciting uh, challenger matches in the qualifying uh, matches you can you can get. Uh, Kuznetsov played Jonas Foretek, a very talented young Czech, mm. and tomorrow he's playing uh, Izzy Lehetska, another one. So, <laughs> pretty much also also a, a youngster from from the same country, and that's also definitely going to be a, a huge hit. Uh, there's also Zizu Berks in the in the quarterfinals, the the one the one who made uh, huge strides last year in in Antwerp, uh, but kind of you know didn't really manage to. Um, to, to, to make it as as deep anywhere else after that he was kind of lost so hopefully he can he can get on a bit of a run here too he's playing Ivan Nadelko uh, tomorrow I don't know just the 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 whole maybe maybe it's the whole you know brand new category and all but when I'm looking at the draw I am I am really excited for that one even more than even more so than for than than for Gran Canaria or, or Nur Sultan and if you are uh, also more excited for this event than any of the others, then you are a true ATP Challenger Tour podcast fan. Because <laughs> uh, that's what I will say. And, and, and fair enough, like, hopefully you're, you guys are tuning in for that kind of content and uh, we're happy to provide it for you. Um, I do have one other name that I want to throw at you from this draw. Um, Dominic Stricker. Oh yes, I just actually I didn't even know he was in the draw. I just I just saw him and I also wanted to mention him. So it's yeah. it's great that you asked me about him. Uh obviously the the Ron Garros Juniors champion last year. Uh, it was an, an all Swiss final that I actually watched. I do not really follow the, the junior circuit that much, but I remember watching that one. Uh you know, a left-hander, a v- definitely a very interesting player. Uh, who is he playing once again? Uh, Duja Dukovic. Uh, Dukovic has done a lot of good stuff on the Challenger Tour on clay, but I'm not sure how sharp his indoors game is. But that's definitely something to you know to check out. Uh, you know the, the, how the the the, the Ron Garros Junior Champion will 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 play here. I'm not sure if he played a no. He definitely did not play a Challenger before, and I have no, no idea how he performs indoors as well. He's just come from an indoor tournament in Grenoble. Well, I said just. He, he's, he played in that in the second week of Oh, yes. February. Yes. And, lost, uh, to, lost to Pulem. Yeah, lost to I remember Pulem. because I um, I followed the match against uh, Luca Vanasche, I think. Yeah, so looking at, at his results, he's actually going to do pretty well here, I think. I mean... Yeah, yeah he played Australia in the boys last year. And obviously that's not indoors, but it is a quick court and did well. Got to the quarterfinals there to lose to Mayo. Um, so oh, yes, remember. Also, mm-hmm. He also yeah. played uh, JM Seven Dollar um, in the back end of last year and went three sets with him. So, um, and we all know what he's gone on to do. So he seems like a, a player of some talent. Yeah, remembering his match against Riedi that, that, that I watched the, the final of the Ron Garros, he it seemed like his game should be should definitely do well on uh, on fast courts. I think in juniors usually it's. Uh, you know, sometimes when you when you look at the results, like for example, Musetti won the Australian Open, or 
there are some players who I think Jimeno Valero and Wimbledon, and then they go on to succeed on completely different surfaces. I think in juniors, it's kind of not, you know, just um, especially maybe on grass, but, but I think all of them are just not that restricted to one surface. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good to see that they can develop on those different surfaces. Um, so if there's nothing else, I don't think there is anything else. Uh, we'll say goodbye for this week. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a, it's going to be a very exciting week with the three three Champions Tour events. And we'll be back at you next week with our review of those and then looking ahead to the following week's events. Hope you all have a good week following the tennis and we'll see you all again soon.